welcome to the podcast. My name is Kasha Rashfal. I'm your host. Kind of an interesting topic today uh, after a few weeks of break because I had a death in my family and just processing all of that, as you can imagine, takes time, takes unpacking and yeah, it's just, it is what it is. <laughs> so I want to title this episode, The Gifts That Death Brings or something like that. I, I don't know. I've been sort of you know, sitting, unpacking this, playing with words, and really just receiving the gifts that death and rebirth often bring. And I want to talk about, I don't know how coherent this episode is going to be. I'm hoping it all makes sense because it kind of makes sense in my head. That's why I've taken a few weeks to settle in and really um, honor both the life of this person and the evolution that happens after, you know, these big events in life. Obviously, the death of someone will bring grief. And grief is the like the funny, the, this interesting, funny, crazy animal that um, can accost you at any points in time. And it also will bring things up that maybe don't feel directly related to grieving a person, but grieving parts of yourself because of what that person showed you, perhaps. And that's where I'm finding myself. So a lot of things to unpack. Um one of the biggest things that death often brings, um, at least what I found, is even if the person that um, passed, uh, even if you had a, let's call it a sandpaper relationship with, with a person, what I find is once they're gone, that doesn't matter so much, or at least I found that I can't speak for everybody. You know, maybe if it was a very sandpapery relationship, maybe uh, that doesn't happen. And maybe those things from the past still matter to you. But um, energetically, even speaking for myself, I found, yes, there was a lot of stuff, <laughs> but that stuff kind of stopped mattering afterwards. And I find that interesting. I, I haven't quite unpacked that because there are other sandpaper relationships in my life where the stuff definitely still matters. And so I'm curious, why? <laughs> why? How does that work? What choices am I making or not making that is still making other things matter? Um, because those people are alive still. So anyway, that's a, that's a whole other episode. But um, I had a death in the family and really had to step back. Um, a bunch of other things happened that really broke open a lot of personal trauma in me. And uh, in the interest of this year being a year of healing, a year of like a Phoenix year where so many things for so many people are really burning down, figuratively speaking, burning down and, and we're kind of left sitting with the pieces or the ashes of those things. I know I've talked about this in other episodes, kind of wondering, okay, now what? Something's in the moment when they're burning, when when they're falling apart, you're like, no, <laughs> please don't. But then afterwards, you're like, actually, it's okay. It's okay that that happened because it allows me to now have more clarity, have more, like have less noise around me. And so this has been a very intense year for so many, in so many different ways, things coming to the surface, facing unknowns, relationships, um, you know, falling apart, all this stuff, all in the interest of bringing our, us back to ourselves and really asking ourselves some really profound, powerful questions. So 
um, again, I don't know if, if the cycles of death and rebirth, you know, are more seasonal or not. I have heard it said that in the fall, especially around like the end of October, Halloween, All Saints Day, all of that, that the veil becomes thinner and, and it, you know, more people pass away. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but if you have experienced the passing of someone that is dear to you, uh, my sincere condolences, my sympathy, my heart is with you. Um, this is what happened in my family. And yes, yeah, I think, gosh, <laughs> awkward silences. I don't want to say all the things because I haven't unpacked them all, but the death of this person left me with this really profound question because this person really lived their life. You know, even when we weren't always um, on the same page, I always saw them as someone who really, really lived their life and had a lot of joy. And they deliberately sought out joy and prioritized it, sometimes to the, you know, to the exclusion of others, which again, we're not going to go there, but this person really lived. And of course, when you notice that about someone, you can't help, or at least I can't help, but look at myself and go, am I doing that? Am I really living how I want to? Or am I going through the motions? And it kind of, all of it's a little bit true. I'm living, but not fully, not as much as I would want to be. And of course, there is so much to unpack there too, because if you're asking yourself that question, whether or not someone has died in your life or not, have you ever asked yourself that question? Am I really living? And if I'm not, am I willing? And what needs to happen in order for me to really live my joy, to be devoted to my best life, to my dreams? Am I safe to dream or not? And what I've discovered about myself you know, I want to share this because maybe it'll resonate with you. Maybe you'll you'll notice some bits of yourself in this that I haven't been really fully living, you know, and embracing life to the degree that this person lived their life um, for the first 45 years of my life. And there's many reasons for that. But I've noticed patterns of like being reactive instead of proactive sometimes in life, going along with things instead of making up my own mind and knowing truly what I want being afraid to dream because, well, dreams don't come true anyway, because of some sort of traumatic, dramatic happening in the past that, you know, I decided I'm not going to dream because what's the point? None of it matters. It won't come true, right? All these narratives, all these narratives from the first 45 years of my life that sort of came to a stop when I asked that question. Um, it doesn't mean that we have to look at every single one of those narratives or that we have to dive into some sort of healing rabbit hole where we dig out all the roots of those of those narratives and and you know plant new ones. Of course you can, but what I found is that when we dive down a rabbit hole of pain trying to get to the root cause of that pain, often what happens is we just find more pain. At least that's been true for me. And so um instead of trying to dig pain out, I've decided okay, what is my joy? What does it mean for me to live my life, to fully live my life so that when I get to that age, let's say 90 or 95 or whatever it ends up being, 85, doesn't even matter. When you get to that, to the end, what will 
how, like, how will your life be perceived? Will you feel like you have lived it? And so that's the question that I'm uh, sitting with. And of course, it's inevitable that when we start answering those questions, that baggage and narratives and conditioning and programming from the past will come up, including trauma, including that. That is something that has definitely been on my plate um, this this year, especially this summer. Uh, like I said, stuff happened, especially in August, September, that brought that really much to the forefront and put it on my plate. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is still here. I didn't realize the extent of it. Thankfully, I have so many beautiful resources and, and friends and, and practitioners around me who have been holding space for me. And I'm so grateful for the healing work that we are, you know, that people can do um, and, and, and really help us not just mentally and emotionally, but also physiologically in the nervous system to unwind those traumas and allow us to feel whole again and feel connected again. And so Obviously, that's work that I do as well, but sometimes you just need other people to hold that space for you. And so I've been I've been doing a lot of that. And I'm very grateful that I see the progress. I see the transformation in myself and it is getting easier. It feels safe to be able to dream. It, be, it feels safe to be able to say, yeah, I want more joy. And, and I don't know necessarily how I'm going to go about doing that, but I'm willing to ask the question and sit with it. And part of the answer that I've discovered um, through all of this, and it probably isn't going to come a surprise if you've been following me for any amount of time, is that the body and including our body in our spiritual work is one of the most, if not the most important thing. We cannot, we should not leave out the body out of any of our spiritual growth or personal growth. It is fundamental. It is the container we live in. It's like the car we drive. We must take care of it. And that became so much more apparent to me um, throughout all of this. But the more healing that I do and the more self-regulation, co-regulation, um, resilience building in my own nervous system, in my own tissues, in my own body that I do, the easier everything else works, including emotionally, mentally, um, intuitively. And so what, you know, this podcast, even I want to change the name of it. I haven't quite figured out what the next name is going to be, but it, I feel it. It's like, I feel it. It needs to change because yes, fundamentally, it is still all about being seen and known and paid for being yourself, doing whatever it is that you passionately love in this world and, and expressing that confidently and authentically. Yes, it is all about that. So sacred fame is still a cornerstone, um, but it's like, the evolution is happening and I feel it. And so um, the the podcast itself is going through a bit of a rebirth right now. Um, and so I, I will probably only publish episodes once a month for now. And as this happens, because I don't know, may, maybe more often, I don't even know. Um, the, the experiment of this podcast is to um, share my own self-expression, see what I have to say right? Have my own platform so I could talk about all the things. I don't know how often I'm going to publish episodes. Um, I want to say I commit to weekly, but maybe not. And I give myself permission to just do what I want. I give you the same permission. Um, so the, the work, the research that I'm doing and the material that I've dived into most recently since the summer is developmental trauma, early childhood trauma, 
and healing that and unwinding that out of our nervous system and uh, really bringing a practical um, voice to it so that it's not this huge idea that is like big and scary that's sitting there. If you, if you think, or if you know that you have trauma in your body and in your life, um, but that you can approach it and that we can approach it. And that's the work that I want to bring to this, to the world is we can approach it one small step at a time and feel safe while we're doing it instead of being worried that we better not poke that because we don't want it to blow up in our face, right? We, it, we don't, have to re-traumatize ourselves in order to heal from our trauma. And that's that's the next step. And I know that the body is front and center in that. And so you might notice that the conversation that I'm going to be having in this podcast shifts to more body-focused, body-centered practices and protocols. And I'm bringing in five-element theory from um, bioenergetic kinesiology and traditional Chinese medicine. And like, it, I feel like I, once again, have fingers in many, many pies, but the underlying um, thread of it is that reconnection to self, um, unleashing our authentic self-expression so that we can be confident, so that we can trust our intuition, so that we can take action and follow through on the things we know we want to and need to do in order to have joy in our life, to live our life so that at the end, we are fulfilled. So the theme is the same. It's just the information or my conversation may be just different. And I, and I, again, I don't know what all of that looks like, but I'm, things are starting to fall into place, which feels so good. And I re I sent out an email to my list um, with this question of like, you know, do you resist life or do you celebrate it? Do you celebrate the changes and the challenges and all the intensity or do you tend to resist it and feel like it's just one like undifferentiated thread of challenge after challenge? And I used to bemoan that. Now I'm like, you know what? No, I'm celebrating it. I'm celebrating it and I'm going to be intentional and deliberate about um, this celebration and this decision and choose and choice making around what is my joy? How do I know that I am living my life? Because there's anything that the universe has shown me this year is that choice must be deliberate. We can no longer just react or go along with things. We need to have our own mind made up, you know, being willing to obviously explore things and all of that, but we need to know ourselves deeply. We need to know what we are here for, why we are here, why we want to be here. Um, we belong here, right? Why, why, um, how do we want to live our life? Not why, but how do we want to live our life? And that basically that's it. <laughs> so I don't know why we sometimes need to lose people, whether to death or other ways in order to ask some of these powerful questions for me. Um, you know, things came to a head and, and I'm so grateful for this person's life because I feel like this is a huge gift that they have given me um, is to ask myself these questions and just the way they lived to be that example, to emulate that you can have a lot of joy. And it doesn't mean things are always hunky dory or easy or that you are some saint. No, <laughs> right. You can still be you knowing that not everybody agrees with that and have sandpaper re relationships, but you can still live 
and be fulfilled. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the questions that it's making me ask. I'm hoping, you know, I trust that this was helpful for you. I'd love to hear from you. If you look at the next half of your life, or the next, you know, 20, 30 years, however many years you have left, do you want them to be the way that the last 20, 30 years were? Or do you want them to be different? Is there something that you want to sink into and embrace and have more joy? I want to know what that is. I want to celebrate that with you. So let me know. I will see you next time.